While there's no shortage of scenic beauty almost anywhere you go in Ireland, there's one route in particular that makes nearly every Irish itinerary. When you're in County Kerry in the southwest of Ireland, you just gotta take the 100-mile drive around the Ring of Kerry. Even though it's congested with more than its share of tour buses, driving the Ring of Kerry is an experience you'll never forget. To find out what makes this route so popular and what stops you should plan along the way, we're joined by tour guide Stephen McPhillamy. Stephen is a frequent guest on the show and operates a bed and breakfast in nearby Dingle. Also joining us is Peter Byrne, a former Dublin detective who now guides local tours in Ireland. Stephen and Peter, welcome. Thanks a million, Rick. We're delighted to be here. So, Peter, what is the big deal about the Ring of Kerry? I can only say, if you've been on the Ring of Kerry, you'll know what the big deal about the Ring of Kerry is. It's absolutely beautiful. I've been very fortunate to travel all over Europe and somewhat in the States, and this compares to anything anybody's ever seen. Specifically what? I mean, it's sure, it's beautiful, but it's, what, what will you find when you spend six hours driving around the peninsula? You'll have had a good day, even in the rain. I know that might sound strange, but every time I drive the Ring of Kerry, the weather's different. It can be beautifully sunny one day and it looks spectacular. It can be rainy and a little bit misty and it's just eerie. It's fabulous. It's the change of coastline. How many times would you imagine you've driven around? Oh, in total over yeah. the last, oh my goodness. Probably a couple of hundred at this stage. A couple of hundred times. And yeah. I would imagine there's a different atmosphere depending on the weather. Well, I'll put it this way. I'm never disappointed. Mm-hmm. That might sound strange. Now, there has been the occasional time when it's been really miserable and the rain has been coming down, but you still see... Plenty. You now, still now, get a great now, now feel. The big tourist town nearby, which yeah. is the jumping off point for most tourist yeah. buses and so on, would be Killarney. Killarney. Stephen, yeah. uh, describe Killarney. Why is it such a, a household word? Well, Killarney has been getting visitors since Queen Victoria stayed there back in the late 1800s. So it would have had a train connection and it had the infrastructure long before the rest of rural Ireland would so expand and developed very early. But Killarney is set beside an area of outstanding natural beauty. You know, there's a national park there. Even apart from the Ring of Kerry, huh? Just the area around Killarney. Yeah, the lakes there and the mountains. And then that all sort of dovetails into the Ring of Kerry, you know. So you're starting off in Killarney. It's a busy spot. And there's there's a famous rural mansion where Victoria actually stayed, isn't there? That's right, nearby this Muckross house. So that would be considered as part of the Ring of Kerry as well. Right. Like you're, you're leaving from Killarney and you're heading out. And ideally, we prefer visitors to do the Ring of Kerry in a anti-clockwise formation. For the coaches, yeah. Counterclockwise. Yeah. Counterclockwise. We say anti-clockwise. We say anti-clockwise. So that you'll be going with the tour with, bus traffic? With the flow of traffic. And, then, and also then... Otherwise, you're going to be squeezing by tour buses the, all along. There's a few roads where it gets a bit narrow and you can have a standoff with a big German coach driver. It just can make them a bit irate. And the Irish drivers don't like to have a rent-a-car coming towards them and it's just better to go... So, Peter, when you go around the Ring of Kerry, you've done it so many times, yeah. you, you go counterclockwise. We go counterclockwise, and it's actually, for coaches, it's the law. The law? It's the law. They're supposed to. Now, you do get a few... Well, I would imagine with so many tour buses mm. going around, it would be impossible if they're coming from both directions. So you have a convoy leaving in the morning well, from Killarney, basically. There's, there's an explanation to this as well. A lot of people who come to Ireland realise that our roads are very small in right. these rural areas, right. and they are. But I'd just like to counter that by saying that if you think very hard about it, the roads, if you dug down these roads far enough, you'd come across the original foot tracks and car tracks that go back maybe 5,000 years. That's a beautiful thought. Keep it with us. We didn't have a new country like America where everything's in a grid system. We didn't have dynamite. We didn't have these things, so we went around rocks and near cliff edges. Uh The Ring of Kerry is the best I've ever seen. The change is now, when I was going there as a child with my family, two cars couldn't pass 
nowadays no, two cars can just about pass. Right <laughs> now, Peter, <laughs> if, you, if you're going around, what are the top, let's say, five stops you would make? Lay well, it out. What's your idea? A lot of people, Malls Gap is the biggest gap between the two of them, and it brings you very close to Caron which is the tallest mountain in Ireland. Mm-hmm. We more or less describe our mountains as the top of the Alps. We don't bother with the bottom. We just keep the top three thousand feet. So we're very economical. We don't have these monsters, but it's fabulous. And the Gap of Dunlow. Everybody's heard of the Gap of Dunlow, and if you're there, you can go and. They're like a horse and trap, and they bring you to the gap. After that, I'm shorting this now, it's so beautiful, mm-hmm. but then you would have Kilorglan, which is very famous for, if anybody wants to research, Puck Fair. Puck it, Fair. Puck Fair. And every year, for four days, they go out and they catch a wild goat, a puck goat, and they put him on a pedestal about 60 feet in the air, and he stays there, and he's the king. And it's three days involved, arriving day, selling day, and leaving day. And this is where one of the traditionally going back centuries, the people would come from all around with their goods. They'd arrive, they'd sell, and they'd go home. And it has a uniqueness that it's the only place in Ireland, and the only time it happens, is they've 24-hour opening for the pubs for those three days. Because this is what used to be the biggest celebration of And that all. must go back generations and oh, generations. Oh, I... To be honest with you, there's a lot of questions as to how far back it went. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I would imagine this goes back to the times when people were coming in wheelbarrows. A, a of course, commer- commercialism jumps on it now. Stephen McPhillamy, we heard uh, Peter talk about the main stops around the island. What stops would stick out in your mind as a tour guide around the peninsula? For me, the Ring of Kerry is a lovely mix of, you know, these lush green landscapes and coastal drives, but it's also full of these lovely, colourful villages. You know, you can stop your car, stop your bus, get out, go for a nice cup of tea or Mm -hmm. have a sandwich or bowl of soup, whatever. And they're all full of colour. There's bright greens and pinks and yellows. And we have a competition in Ireland, a very cutthroat competition called the Tidy Towns Contest. And quite a lot of the national winners are on the ring of Kerry. Uh, You have Killarney and you have Ken Mayer. I would imagine Cahirsaveen and Waterville Sneem would have been big contenders as well. So there's tiny all, towns. You, you have a multitude of small villages and towns to stop in and enjoy. You know, one would be ample for most people, but you, you could do all five or six really. These so there's villages. a lot of cuteness with the the villages, and there's also a lot of dramatic scenery. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about the Ring of Kerry, and we're joined by Stephen McPhillamy and Peter Byrne, two Irish tour guides. Now, there's also a lot of amazing history. You've got ring forts. Uh, Peter, describe the, the various ring forts, you would say. Well, what are these? You've two types of ring forts in Ireland. You've got earthen ring forts and you've got stone ring forts. The earthen ring forts are more inland. The ones on the west are stone because the ground is so stony. And if you're traveling around the Ring of Kerry, you'll notice there are a lot of stone-covered hills and sides and mountains. And visually, these things are mind-blowing. Well, the best way to describe them is I always try to explain it, that if you stood in the middle of your yard and walked 60 paces in any direction, that would probably give you roughly the size of each of these ring forts. So these are stone, kind of a Boonsboro or a stockade, but made out of stone, and it's 2,000 years old, and they're stacked stones, beautifully stacked with no mortar. No mortar, and there's, there's stairways up through them. But they also have these storage areas that they would keep their goods in. Mostly it's for protection, but the likelihood of needing it for that pure protection would be rare because at the times these were built, the population would be pushing to get over 100,000. You're talking about so maybe 200,000. So is there a ritual value for these things or a, uh, a, a the, commercial value or just defensive? I suppose really and truly you're trying to clear land around you anyway. 
Right. If you're growing crops. That's kind of what the, the, the stone yeah. walls all over Ireland are, is cleaning the stones exactly. out of the stony soil so you exactly. can harvest. Stephen McPhillamy, when you are in the Ring of Kerry, you'd be tempted to take it one step further and go to that dramatic ancient monastic settlement on a rock out in the middle of the Atlantic. Skellig Michael yeah. is probably the most remote monastery in ancient Christendom. You know, it was way out there at a time when we thought the end of the world was just there. You know, your ships would fall off the end. We did. We thought the world was flat. And the Vikings tortured the poor old monks who were out there. These guys went out there and were ultra strict Christian monks. And despite the conditions they forced themselves to live in, then, of course, the Vikings would come and attack them as well. This year, the Skellig Michael, which is a World Heritage Site by UNESCO, by the way, one of our only three sites in Ireland, hosted the uh, latest Star Wars movie. Hollywood has now come to Skellig Michael. So a thousand was, years ago, Vikings, and now the Jedi. Yeah, it was closed off for a few days for filming, and the Irish Navy were guarding the perimeter of the island wow. while the filming was going on, and I could see it from my house in Dingle, which is on the next peninsula up. At night, the sky would erupt into reds and oranges and whatever was going on. I don't know, because the movie hasn't been out yet, but there was all sorts of intergalactic battles happening. Intergalactic battles. On Skellig Michael. And on Skellig Michael, it's like a a stone pyramid, basically. It it feels like it's about as big as the Pyramid at Giza, and it's got these monastic communities on it. Yeah. Stony little primitive beehive huts. Beehive huts, exactly. Now, it would really be for the intrepid traveler. It wouldn't be for everybody. To get out there is hard to get out there. The conditions can be choppy and rough. And when you're out there, the underfoot conditions can be hard. So, mm. you know, if you're just going out there for a quick selfie with a beehive hut, don't do it. But if you're a lover of Irish history, get out to Skellig, Michael. You need to be fit. You need to be no fit. No question about it. Well, you need to be fit a thousand years ago to live there as a monk. Consider well, that no water. They just, what do they collect? Rainwater and Well, eat, they did, but eggs. they had a, a very strange diet. They used to eat puffins uh-huh. and seagull and seals. And they used to trade with the mainland when they could. Imagine visiting you know, that a thousand years well, ago, when, when there was almost no more literate life in Europe, and these guys were keeping the flame well, of literacy alive in the Europe. The strange thing about that, well, they were, as he said, they were like, a, they were almost like what we would consider these silent orders or something. They were very strict. But they cut every stone out by hand all the way up this. It's a remarkable. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about the Ring of Kerry and a side trip out to a rock in the Atlantic from there called Skellig Michael. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Rhonda's calling from Bedford in New Hampshire. Rhonda, thanks for your call. Thanks, Rick. It's great to be on. My husband and I traveled to Ireland and spent 10 days, and we jumped in a car on day seven and headed southeast to Kinsale, but then over to Kenmare, for two nights, and I wanted to say that the Kenmare stop was a great place to, to be for a couple nights because on day one, while we were there, we were able to head north to Kalani National Park and really experience not only Mucklow's House and Gardens, but also um, we saw Torque Waterfalls and the ruins of Ross Castle and really the beauty that Kalani National Park was without being sort of up into Kalani, the town itself. And that was just a spectacular day because then we came back down into Kenmare, which is just this quaint village with great restaurants and just enjoyed the quiet that was there. Uh, and then we're able to, on day two, take off and, and really um, venture right on to the Ring of Kerry from Kenmare. We did end up going clockwise around because we were all headed over to Dingle Peninsula afterward, but found that we kind of watched you know, if you, if you kind of plan your day, 
you'll miss the tour buses. And I would say that October is a great time to go because there's just not the volume. Rhonda, you sound you sound like a great traveler, Rhonda, because you used your guidebook. You knew how to avoid the traffic jam caused by the buses by leaving at a certain time, as any good guidebook would recommend. And you chose to stay in Kenmare instead of Killarney, and then you did a swing around the Ring of Kerry on the way to Dingle Peninsula, which makes a lot of sense if you're touring around. I'd like to get your take on Kenmare, the town, and also talk to Stephen and Peter about this, because that's the big decision. Killarney's the most famous, and it's, I think, quite touristy. Kenmare is a smaller town. Stephen and, and Peter, which would you recommend for a home base? Well, the thing about it is that you're coming to experience Ireland as a whole. And to be perfectly honest, Killarney is like mini-USA at times, and that's not a disrespectful comment. I mean, it's just magnificent to hear all the voices, but a lot of American tours and tourists end up there. Kenmare, on the other hand, is as beautiful, but it's a genuine working town. It's a genuine taste of Ireland. It's real people living in real places. Killarney is is main industry is tourism. It's mass tourism. It is, but it's done very well. Nobody's mm-hmm. trying to take you down. It's terrific. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best places in the world that way. Mm-hmm. But Kenmare is so quaint and it's lovely and it's a stroll around. There's great restaurants. Yeah, that's very, it, yeah it's very manageable as well. The stroll around yeah. point is important because you can just, there's pretty much three or four streets to yeah. it. And there's a great stone circle in the middle of town. Did you get a chance to see the stone circle when you were there? Yes, we did. It was, it was fabulous. And you're right, the strolling, it was so easy to get from... Our hotel, we walked straight down into the middle and restaurants, everything. Yeah, the, and great, the bars great, were all exactly. There. A great pub scene, fantastic restaurant yeah. scene. And as with everywhere in the Ring of Kerry, great friendly locals too, with some wonderful characters to be acquainted with there. Great music as well. Rhonda, thanks for your call. Well, thank you very much, Rick, for having me on. Okay, bye now. Krista's calling from Layton, Utah. Krista, thanks for your call. Hey, thanks for having me on. So we did the Ring of Kerry in April, first couple of weeks of April, and it was gorgeous. I think we lucked out, fabulous weather. But one of our biggest regrets was it wasn't nice enough to go out to Skellig Michael. When is the best time to go out there? When is the best time where the waters will be calm enough to go? You would hope the summer. I would say, you know, that's obviously the best time. Winter would be probably a big no-no. But it's sometimes just so unpredictable. You know, you it's, could take a chance. It's but 12 miles out. It's a long way out to see. Yeah. You know, it's... But I would say June, July, August would be your yeah. nicest time and hopefully you'd catch the puffins there then as well. Extra bonus. Maybe try even, if you can look online at when's the best time for whale watching as well in the area, you might get a an extra treat when you're on your way out to see some whales migrating. It's spectacular when the sun... Did you got the sun when you were there? Yes, we had the sun. Is that not unreal? And the other nice thing was we did have one day when we were there where it was foggy, and I did love the, it looked so mysterious with the stone forts with the mm. fog and the light rain. So it's really, you can't lose out except for going to Skellig Michael. Whether it's rainy, you get a great experience. Thanks for your call, Krista. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I know. This is Travel with Rick Steves, and we've been talking about the Ring of Kerry on the southwest tip of Ireland with Stephen McPhillamy and Peter Byrne. And we've also been getting some great calls from our traveling listeners and listening to everybody talk. It's just, there's so many evocative and and memorable moments waiting for you in a place like the Ring of Kerry. Peter and Stephen, let's just close with, if you were taking a guest to the Ring of Kerry, what's one moment that would be a sparkling memory for for many years after? Peter. Well, given the way we hope and you aspire to walk and get out a little bit, I would say the Kuma Keys to Pass. 
it's almost halfway around the Ring of Kerry and you have to climb to the top. It's not a difficult climb. You can do it slow or quick. But when you get up there, you see the Burra Peninsula down to your left, which is the Cork end of it, and all the coastline. It's spectacular all around where you would eventually end up going to Kenmare. Mm. And on the right, just below you, there's a stone ring fort. Mm. And you can see the settlements from there that were originally built around that stone ring fort. It's amazing. There's famine houses down there covered with greenery. It's astonishing. And then you look across to Waterville and you see the opulence of Waterville Golf Club and you see the changes between when life was hard and when life was good. Cool Maquista Pass. What a, yeah. what a dramatic overview and aerial of all that, with all that history and all that natural wonder. Stephen McPhillamy, what moment would you be sure your guest would enjoy on the Ring of Kerry? For me, the highlight of the Ring of Kerry is the Black Valley. And the Black Valley was the last place in Ireland to get electricity. And you can get no cell phone signal there today. So nobody can call me when I'm there. I don't have to check emails. Nobody can ping me or message me. And I love being up there with the Kassan brothers when they have their sheepdogs rounding up the sheep. And it's just such a simple, wonderful... These are some farm boys that raise sheep. Yeah. And they've got their dogs trained to gather up the sheep. Yeah, and and it's like the perfect stadium for sheepdog rounding or whatever they do because you just have this vista of this big valley and it's just silent and the dogs are chasing after 50 or 60 sheep and it's just the perfect theatre for that. The Black Valley. Between Killarney and Kenmare. I'll put both of those magical spots on my list. Peter Byrne, Stephen McPhillamy, thanks so much for a better understanding of Ireland's Ring of Kerry. You're very welcome. Delighted to be here. Thanks, Rick. Go in the Irish language. Thanks a million. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. His classic, Europe Through the Back Door, teaches the skills of smart travel. At Rick Steves' online travel store, you'll also find guidebooks for London, England, Great Britain, Scotland, and Ireland. To learn more about Rick's guidebooks for this region and beyond, visit the travel store at ricksteves.com.